So today is the 25th. Yesterday was a very um, processing day, and I did three podcasts in a series, and the last one was Know What You're Established In. Because even from that, you can be deceived. So, be alert and everything. So this morning, this post came up. I really... really are are trying to put my head around it. It was put out by C.H. Sturgeon. He's, I believe, in one of the generals' book, Pillar of the Established Religious Leaders. And I think he was back a while, so he's, it's not for right now. It's not from somebody right now. So... But his quote was, The church is not perfect. And true, I agree with that. No one's perfect. No church is perfect because people are not perfect. But then he says, But woe to the man who finds pleasure in pointing out her imperfections the church's imperfections so why would that statement come woe to anyone who points out the church's imperfections and then Lastly, he puts, Christ loved his church, and let us do the same. I don't have any problem with that last statement. Yes, Christ loves his church, and yes, we need to do the same and love the church. The people in the church, yes. But that middle statement, It's brought up issues in my mind. Um, I don't know that that is from Christ. It's not explained very well. But I've had thoughts on it. 
if we're not to look at the things that are not supposed to be in the church the characters of people the behaviors of people because we're all sinners we we have that sin nature and any one of us can fall into it at any time and some cannot even be aware of it they might think they're going along just fine and being a good example but they might not even know that they've fallen into it a lot of passion can disguise that not even be aware you know um, so that includes church leadership because we're all people and leadership is not exempt from all that so if we're not to look and examine and clarify and discuss or bring things up about that that will reside in the church and Christ knew that because he gave us warnings of such things but for a leader To think that you don't bring up anything that's contrary to what we're doing or what our plan is then you're just not wanting to look at what is there It's then saying it's not welcome. So then is it saying you're not welcome if you happen to see an issue and maybe want to talk about it or bring it forth and mentor or discuss it so a body becomes healthy? Because our body of Christ is not healthy. And the only way it gets healthy is through what the things he has said to do. And one of it is the beautiful gate coming alongside somebody. Walking with him. Talking with him. Pointing out things to them if they need to have something pointed out but in a loving way and in a way that says how can I help you I'm here for you 
I want you to succeed and have victory. I want this whole body to be able to get unified. It's being present amongst each other and taking heed and consideration. Even how you speak to one another. Not pointing out wrongs, but discussing things coming to a common agreement. If you can't have common agreement, then it's definitely an issue. So Christ gave authority to us through his name. But authority isn't spoken much in the church. It's spoken as far as leadership, but not individual. But we're all individuals, all equal in the body of Christ. We're not doing what Jesus even puts forth or the church to say not to point out anything is leaving you out of the mix both ways so how, how can you ever come together? There's a hierarchy than presented. And you can't go there. Because you're not in our circle. And any counselor will tell you things need to be discussed. If you don't have open communication, then resolving anything can't get done. And I come from a counseling background because that's what I did. So I have that perspective. You allow somebody to talk. You allow somebody to grieve. You're there for them. Not with judgment or an idea of how they should be. Because they're in process. It's not about me. It's about them. And the church doesn't have that.
and some things do need addressing. How did it get infiltrated? How did it get to be a mess? How did the hierarchy begin to form? Because there was nothing discussed. Churches don't have meetings with their congregation. They only have maybe reports that they maybe get up and discuss and then tell the congregation what their plan is for their next project and how much they need and da-da-da-da-da. And this is the way we're going. But you just have to follow along. You're not allowed in that mix. I know that even in a lot of families, it's deemed the husband takes care of the finances and leaves the wife out. And maybe they agree upon that. I don't know. I know my father took care of everything, but my mother was left out. But then she was left with his imperfection of gambling. And then she was left seeing that he used most of the money when he became sick. And then she was all of a sudden thrown into that mix of having to figure out everything that went wrong and why a lot of missing money that she thought was there. Because she trusted. And a lot of women end up in that situation. Because there were other motives behind the whole thing. But I see a lot of things that can't function then. How the Lord wanted things to function. And that's in small and and medium-sized places. It's, It's a form of non communication and hierarchy. It's a form of we know and we have the authority. Not equal authority that God and the Lord put forth that everyone in the body of Christ is equal. Man and woman. And the Lord does correct his children. 
and his churches are not excused from all that. Now our whole problem is playing out before us. And yes, the leaders are more accountable to the Lord because they are leading. They are the shepherd that are supposed to lead the flock. But it doesn't mean the flock can't have any say. We are all supposed to be one together in unity in Christ. So, yes, we're having problems. That old saying that the space center says, Houston, we have a problem. Yeah. I think the only one that's been really tolerant has been the Lord all through this. He sees it all and he's warned us of all of these things in his word. And we don't take heed or consideration. We've built something else. Alignment, agreement, we all have to come within that in relationship with the Lord covenant So we do need to be watchful in every aspect, in everything. Now some people will see things. And they'll go to church leadership. And God may even give scripture for it. And they're really deeply concerned because what are they what they're seeing. But a lot of them throw it off. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to do anything about it. And it goes up the chain. So, what's it? Leadership goes down the chain. So, if you go to one person in leadership thinking it 
might get resolved or discussed or looked at. And you're thrown off and told no. Then that usually tells you that going further with it is not going to make any difference because they're all aligned in their circle. Say there's a division even amongst the way things are between the body. What does the Lord's system say? You take it to that person, and if that person doesn't, you know, agree or whatever, then if you feel it needs to go higher, you go to the next highest, and you present it. And if that doesn't work, you go to the higher. So, you know, the, the system is warped. It's not playing out the way the Lord had set it up. So we have a hard time with unity because there's attitudes with it. Opinions and and we're just not healthy. But how God set it up was so that we could, could grow and mature, mentor one another, come alongside each other, be in fellowship and know one another. How many church people really get to know each other? I don't know. But I, some of the churches I've been in, the atmosphere is less family, less family oriented, less family focused, less family. You're part of something other than it's a different kind of family. You're only a family in a certain way. It's not very inclusive. It's department-orientated. And I've actually been told several times, you know, well, you just need to be quiet and get with the program. Take care of yourself. We have the order in which we shall go. <laughs> so get on board or
One time, I had an experience. I was on a bus going somewhere. A woman got on. She was very upset. She was crying. And she just started speaking. She was in crisis and she had a need of some help. And she said she went to her church and they just turned her away. They told her that they couldn't help her. And she would have to go elsewhere. And I asked her what church she was attending, and she told me, and it was actually a church that I had been going to. It's a very big, mega church. But this church I knew of that she was going to was in a process of church planting and expanding its reach and everything. So a lot of things were tied up in that and they let go of some of their programs to help people. So they weren't going to focus on that anymore. So after that encounter, I just thought, what... Where's the beautiful gate? Where is it? Acts 3. Where the disciple saw this man at the church gate. Helped him in. Walked alongside him. Said, money we do not have to give, but what we have, we will give you. So, that's the beautiful gate. So, then in my mind, I was given remembrance of something. This same church, mega church, helped one of my friends that was on a prayer team within this church and she had a stove that was no longer working so they went out of their way and they delivered a stove a very nice stove to her not a used old thing that you know it was a modern flat top burner stove, very nice looking. And she got a refrigerator too, I believe. So, why was there a difference between the two women playing out? We were both going to the same church. They both asked asked for help. 
why did one get it and not the other? Why did one get listened to and not the other? Why did one person get come along her side and help her with what we have? But the other one didn't. Well, I thought about it for a bit, and it's because one was on the prayer team, and she probably the other one probably wasn't. She was within a circle of need of the church. But I also knew that I had tried going there. I had tried to be on their hospital team, prayer team. And I applied, did all the application, and my application, I think, went up at least two times and they have a review committee for all their applications. And it was denied, but they didn't come back and say it was denied. They just kept not saying it was approved. So I finally figured out I was not on their tithe roster like they expected me to be on it with a certain amount. So I was not worthy to be in that higher performing circle. And see, I don't give in that fashion to be on a roster for them to determine or value where I should be because that's not biblical. Jesus didn't do that. Neither did any of the disciples in giving forth the gospel. This was a man-driven rule for their benefit. Because then they don't have to get to know you. Or take time with you. It's only the ones that are allowed in the higher circles. That they approve. It wasn't, though, that I didn't try. I think I tried several different things. And I was finally told, well, you can pray in a regular prayer room. I then was given the placement of what what I could do. 
And I, I did do that for a while. Not a lot of people showed up. I think I did it for maybe a year. See, I wasn't included in anything. I wasn't granted access. So I saw this woman's frustration. I mean, she couldn't understand why the church that she would go to wouldn't help her. she probably wasn't on the roster and giving enough. So I began to ask, you know, what would Jesus do? You know, because I was seeing if you if you don't do anything for us in the way that we see or know then we can't do anything for you (laughs) so um, I began to ask what did Jesus do he went against the hierarchy of the church and all their rules So, church offerings and tithes, it's kind of twisted. And I am not opposed to giving money. I mean, certainly. A lot of churches need money to run their facility and pay their people and keep it clean and maintenance and everything. I mean, they need a lot. But also, the church body is just not the church building as well. The storehouse... call the church in Jesus' time the storehouse was a barn or a building constructed to hold and keep surplus of the crops and so forth in case of famine or emergency to give as needed then at the end of the year What was left over, it would be used in a great celebration for everyone, the community. Somehow it's gotten twisted and 
manipulated and used for their benefit. And have they forgotten about the widow's might story in, in his word? The widow gave what she had, which was, I think, two mites, two, two coins. And it was a lot less than what every, everybody else gave. And that was because of her circumstances. But she still gave. And Jesus said she gave more than you. Even though yours was a lot. In comparison. But hers was from the heart. She gave what she had left of what she had. And a lot of people are in that position. So this has brought up a lot of issues in thought. So when it's talking about imperfections, sins, basically, the church has a lot of imperfections because we all do. But to not look at what needs are presenting or allowing for any discussion or talk or what is that? That's a ruling religious few that are over. Because they think they know more or they have more authority we're not to bring out imperfections in an unloving way because we all have them we're not to think we're higher in any way Or we have position over anybody else. Anybody can walk about in sin at any time. In thought. In doing.
behaviors, attitudes. So to have an exemption brings up a lot of issues. And he's watched all of this. So who has so who has the greater tolerance? <laughs> have what have we grown into? Anything? That's why I brought out in the last podcast just a series of considerations and thought-provoking aspects of knowing where we are established and the deception through it all that's playing out. And it can be subtle and or it could be right in your face. But this is what Jesus was talking about, the deception, a great deception will befall the people. Things that we don't even realize and it will be surprising. And some things we won't comprehend. The only way we can become healthy, both physically, emotionally, spiritually, is to be centered in Christ and let him direct and guide and do what he needs to do. But a lot of people aren't sensitive to that. And a lot of people are at different levels. And then they leave it all to someone else. Well, well, she's been studying that for a long time and she should know and The rabbis and the Pharisees and everything that were there studied a long time, knew a lot of things. So why did Jesus have an issue with them? His rules don't clear away the sin. Jesus was providing a new way, a new thought, and you can only get it through him. To have that holy, unified body of Christ functioning the way he intended. That takes a lot of submitting and giving over and sacrificing your will. I don't know how many, but he said there would be few. 
So maybe that's why he's kept a remnant around. They're small. Today, Isaiah 26 came forth. And I'll just read a part of it. My soul yearns for you in the night and in the morning. My spirit within me earnestly seeks you. For when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world learn righteousness. Now that's just a couple of verses, so. But I encourage you to read the rest because it's getting long. <laughs> I need to let this go now and just ask you to really consider. He He's asked us to do that. Consider and take heed. And not just go along. Listen to someone. And then ask him what you're to do. To be in one accord is to be in one focus. But it doesn't mean that you have to agree on everything. But the one focus would be Jesus Christ and what he intended and what he stands for. So we're supposed to put all those flesh, fleshly things aside. I'm supposed I may not agree with someone, but I don't have to argue with them to make them see or anything. There's no point in that. To convince and... Because they may not be at that point. If they hear what you say and it's a seed and they ponder and think and all that, then they might might con- consider heeding. But if the Lord is telling them something different, then how is that going to resolve anything to argue or get mad at somebody or throw things in someone's face and accuse them of something, you know, and... I just doesn't accomplish anything. For one thing, there's no love in it. So there's a lot of things. And I just thought it was uh, good to bring this out because it brought up a lot for me. And 
that quote was just a simple quote with no explanation and it kind of leaves things wide open but it also brings out discussion and he's in the general book about the uh, past people that have spoken many things forth in God and they've somehow been a pillar in history so they put this book out and um, for an example so maybe look into that into his life maybe see where he was at that time can learn a lot from history, that's for sure. And if we don't, then we seem to repeat it. So, we're looking <laughs> at a lot of factors in that way. And we're hearing a lot of things, too. But the Darkness doesn't have creative factors. can't create things. It has to use things over and over and over. So, that's where that comes from. So, I'm going to leave you with this and have a good day and God bless.